All right, we are live. We are live, Ryan. Welcome to a very special edition of the RAG podcast with me, Sean Anderson, and a very good friend of mine, partner in crime at the moment, Ryan McKay from Audio. Ryan, welcome to the first joint uh, LinkedIn Live together. How are you getting on? Good. It's my first LinkedIn Live ever. I know. No. And, you, and, you, and you turned up with a, on a stand-up desk as well. You're looking... I know. I, know. I, need to, I, I actually was looking forward to doing this because I've not... But I, this is new. Like, I can't see viewers or comments. And you're just sort of staring at yourself, which... Yeah. <laughs> I've done a couple of LinkedIn Lives and... Uh, the technology, I think, is is getting better, but it's it's definitely it's, it's different than Zoom. Zoom is a bit more easy to navigate and see what's going on. But um, I sort of said to you before we went online, every time I step to the left, the camera moves to the right. <laughs> and are you still finding that now? Yeah, it still does it. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, right, so just if you see me veering off camera, you know I'm going to try and center myself at some point. That's all right. Well, for those of you that are listening later on the podcast, um, obviously we are live on LinkedIn now. Um, and Ryan and I wanted to uh, take this time today to talk to recruiters all over the world about the use of video and, and how we think video is moving on LinkedIn, what things you need to think about um, and do a bit. Look at the the way it's changed over the last few years. We're not even at four o'clock yet, Ryan. We're a little bit early, but you know what? Um, let's uh, let's hope people get involved and uh, and join the group uh, in a moment. Um, but one one of the things that the one of the main reasons we decided to do this is that me and you have got quite a similar, albeit from a different perspective. We've got a similar experience on on video within LinkedIn, right? So, for those that don't know, Hod. Hod Hoxo started in early 2017. When did you guys? When did you guys actually officially enter the recruitment market? When? When was that? Bit, bit before, wasn't it? Yeah, just 2016 ish. So we say early to mid 2016. Yeah. So um, I think was it? When did you first go start the video diary? Is it January, February time of 2017? Yeah, we didn't do it the first year. I mean, it wasn't a thing. Uh, literally yeah. wasn't invented. No. <laughs> it was uh, you, you weren't allowed to put video on LinkedIn unless you went through YouTube or Vimeo yeah. or whatever it was. But yeah, I think it was maybe January seventeen, something like that. Yeah. So I, I remember literally I remember going we were setting up the business and uh, one of my friends, a both client a client of both of ours, a guy called Chris Morrow, um, from Digitalent, was a mate of mine who was in Australia and he had a YouTube channel. And when I launched Hoxo as a marketing agency for the recruitment sector, he was like you got to get on video, mate. And I was like, mm, now that's what I'm going to do for the client base. He's like, no, no, you've got to get on video. Like, you can't be selling this shit without doing it. So I was like, okay. So I remember it took me four weeks. I've actually shown that video. I, by the way, we'd love to share screens and show you some stuff, but the share screen functionality on LinkedIn Live is not not great yet. It scared it scared the hell out of me, and I'm a I'm 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 a bit of a technophobe at times. Um, but anyway, so it took me four weeks to make a video, Ryan. I was shit scared. And uh, I was staring at my phone and I was planning it for days and days and days. And it, all it was was to announce what I was doing. That was it. Just, <laughs> uh, the anxiety in my stomach back then um, was unbelievable. Bearing in mind, all my colleagues in recruitment were like, what is this guy doing? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, setting up a business is already daunting enough to then announce it to everyone you know on LinkedIn and then, and then try this whole vlogging strategy was just crazy what was your tell take us back to when you started what was it like um so kind of similar someone's told me to do it it was johnny campbell from social talent i was in dublin with him um i think we were in an event or something but anyway 
we were talking that night and he's like, why do you not put video, you know, out there? Why do you not vlog and record the whole thing? And I was like, nah, don't really know if that's, you know, that's for us. Don't really know if it'll work. It takes a lot of time. And he was like, well, you can be the video guys. Like, there's a space for you to be the video guys on LinkedIn, for example. And I was kind of like, yeah, you know, think about it. And I went on holiday um, for a week with my family. And I was flying back. And do you know what I mean? When you just relax a bit and you kind of see things a bit clearer. I was like, he was right. Like, I need to do something. So the first video I ever recorded for LinkedIn was at Fortaventura Airport <laughs> about to fly back. And I had to, like, I'd been thinking about it all morning. Like, I need oh. to do something. So I said to my wife and my kids, I'm like, you need to wait there. And they're like, you've just dropped us off with the cases. I'll be back in a minute. And I literally walked away just so that my wife wouldn't take the mic out of me for years to come. Walked away from her and recorded this ridiculous video. About, <laughs> no point. And I actually said in the video, this is of no value to anyone. I just want to get my first video out there. Yeah, yeah. That, that was it. We literally just, yeah, we just kept doing it from then. So what was your strategy back then? Can you remember? Like, how often, how did you do it? What was the plan? Um, I think I tried to have a plan. I didn't stick to it very well. I think it was a case of, right, I have to have a plan. I'll post every day or once a week. I can't really remember, if I'm being honest. I just knew that I had to tell the story of just us growing. We didn't have anything to talk about. I think that's a big thing people focus too much on, is having the thing to talk about. See, if you just talk about what you're doing. Just document your journey. Um, it does work. I mean, to be quite frank, we're standing here as proof that that works. Mm. Um, so no, I didn't have a firm strategy. I just kind of felt my gut like, right, okay, I'm posting a little bit too much now. I think too much is better than too little, um, which is something I, I learned early on. So like, that's, you know, that's something people will disagree with, um, which open to your comments if you don't agree. But personally, I, I, I subscribe to that, you know, over try, test and learn rather than do little bits of you just spread yourself so thin if you if you if you're doing it here and there yeah well i think my theory on it before when i realized to do to go too far rather than don't go far enough was linkedin will sort it out for me if i post too much they just will stop showing my stuff so i'm not going to you know annoy anyone or piss anyone off i just i'll do as much as i can and then when i start noticing the views going down i'm like right it's probably because i'm posting too much i'll give it a few days and that was kind of how our strategy developed like trial and error yeah, but you, the, it was different then because, yeah. like you say, I remember your videos because you were one of the only people around doing it like me. And we, I remember like across, I was go, I was gathering my, my recruitment connections every day. I was adding like 20 to 50 people a day. Um, and there was literally a few of us doing it. So yeah. it, was, it was different. And I remember getting a quarter of a million views on that video going to the gym where I just had a rant about. So I just left a client meeting and the client said, we really want to build our employer brand, Sean. We want to we want to get to the point where we got loads of you know all of our recruiters are loving it, and we're attracting the best people in the market. I was like, cool. And then halfway through the meeting, it was in this glass boardroom. One of the guys got up and walked out. It was about five. It was, it was probably about two minutes past twelve, and the owner just banged the table, and he looked pissed off. And I was like, what's the matter? And he goes, he's going he's going to the gym again. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I've literally just listened to you talk for an hour about employer brand. And I, so what, what, what's up with that? And he goes, well, he's in probation. And I was like, and? And he goes, well, you can't be going to the gym in probation. He needs to be, he needs to be. He, and the, I think he got annoyed with the way he swung his bag on his shoulder. <laughs> I just couldn't stop. Um, anyway, I left that meeting and I had to make a video. I didn't, I knew I wasn't going to sign a client anyway. So I, I couldn't, well, 
I, I suppose I could have pissed them off, but I didn't name them. But I, I basically said, I think that, you know, employer branding, all these things, you know, they're really important, but you've got to live the values of what you say. Like if you say we were this cool place, but in reality, you're locking people in the corner and they can't leave. Anyway, that video was just me chatting literally on an iPhone, no editing, nothing on, on London Bridge, buses passing. And then I ended it at the gym and I was like, right, I'm off to the gym. And it got like a quarter of a million views. And I got a call from a guy, a recruitment owner in, in the West Coast of America, just saying how much he loved it. Yeah. Um, and back then, you know, it was literally... Um, it was literally like that. It was, it was, it was, you put something out there and you could, you could see it explode in front of your eyes. I mean, what about, what was your earliest moment where you can remember something took off and did well? So he, <laughs> the funny story here, I don't know whether I want to tell it. I'm going to tell it anyway. So, this is about talking. <laughs> so basically, um, we were getting like, inbounds not floods of inbounds right because it wasn't like it is now but it was just like it was brand awareness my whole story which i'll tell anyone was that i didn't know anything to do with marketing now a sales guy saw i was when we started audio and when we talked about marketing and building a brand i had no idea personal brand wasn't a term anyone had ever heard in 2015 it was just like you know this thing was made up but um I decided that if I could, I, I didn't know how to build a brand, but I could talk about me like personally. And then I thought, as we hire more people, I let them tell their story. And the real reason was, if people don't like me, they might still buy it if they like her, or they yeah. might still buy it if they like him. So it was like a second bite at the cherry for people. That was my initial thinking. That's how it grew. But um, if I'm if I'm being honest, the first time I remember it making an impact was we went to the uh, recruitment expo down in London, the very first time we bought a stand, it was like, we had no money, we scraped together the money to get there, flew Ryanair, carried the stand on the tube, like all that sort of yeah. stuff. We got there, built the stand, and on the first day, some woman came up to me, and, oh my God, you're Ryan from Audro, and took a selfie. And I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Did, you, did you just see that? And yeah, that was the first time I realised that it was, you know, it was the brand awareness wasn't maybe necessarily translating to loads of sales at that time, but it was definitely, you know, laying the foundations for the future. Yeah, I remember. I'm not sure I got anyone asking for a selfie, but I definitely went to a few events. I mean, it's only happened once, Sean. Listen, <laughs> that was the one and only time, right? <laughs> I remember going to the TRN the first time, and we did the filming for him. This James, if he's listening, will, will enjoy this. Like we. <laughs> we, we ran out of video camera batteries right so we were filming the fucking event and we had we had like these cameras on like um what's they called like harnesses and stuff that are hoisted up and you know it, it looked great and then we ran out of video cameras <laughs> so we ran out of, we ran out of battery sorry so i'm running down kensington high street trying to find batteries for the cameras um brand new business startup mode anyway i don't think anyone even noticed me that day because i'd literally I'd, I'd spoke to james he's like yeah come and do it and then the next quarter was three months later when we had the second, the next huddle for the TRN. And, and I remember like, you know, people came up and were like, hey, Sean, I've seen what you're up to. And it it it, it just kind of gathered momentum from there. And I, I set myself, a, and I still do, I set myself a, a, a KPI, really simple, of, 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 I have to post every day from Monday to Friday, right? I, I've missed it a few times, but in three and a half, nearly four years, I've, I've been pretty bloody consistent. Um, and video, I try and do about two of those, two to three of those posts a week would be video. Um, but the video I've done has evolved. It went from just literally iPhone. Then I got when we were in the office. God, remember those days where we were all in an office? Um, and we had we I had a guy following me around. JJ used to follow me around, and we used to you know 
video me on the tube and trying to do the whole vlogumentary style. Then that got too much as we got busy. Um, and now it's turned into, you know, recording Zooms and, and actually like the, the podcast we do. And that, to be honest, just recording the fucking day job and turning it into content, which I'm, I want to talk a bit more about. Um, what... One thing you mentioned a minute ago, like Odro, you 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 pushed it down, and you got more of your team to start investing in video. Um, how did they take to that? What was the reception like internally? Um, probably nervous at first, but I sort of laid the groundwork to say um, we didn't have a marketing department, so I was like, if you want to make your job easier, what we wanted to do was the sales guy's job was to phone, was to cold call. That was the job. Um, I was saying to people, wouldn't you rather when you phone someone, they knew who you were because they'd seen your videos? That was it. How much easier would the job be if they at least recognised you? You would get that extra 15 seconds you needed to get to the to get to the pitch. That was what it was all about. So when I made the videos something that would benefit them personally to hit the bonus and all that sort of stuff, it was then a case of um, pick your medium. So initially, I didn't actually force people to do video. I said, look, video is the most impactful. But if you don't have it in you to do the video, take a picture. The only rule is it has to have your face in it. So the, the way I always say is, if you're sitting at your desk right now and you want to show off your workspace, right? 80% of people will do this and they'll take a picture of the workspace and they'll post it and it won't go very well. All you have to do is turn around and take the picture as a selfie. You humanize it. Immediately you humanize it. They see mm. you as a person with a facial expression and you talk about your workspace. It goes on like you, you can't imagine that the impact that that one thing has because it connects a human to another human. So that was my only rule. If you're not doing video, you do selfie, picture, whatever it is. And then you can, you can also have written. You know, you write content, you write statuses, you write articles. LinkedIn articles back in the day were the business because it gave a notification to all your connections every time you wrote one. So we rinsed that for about a year before we got... Um, I just couldn't. I just realised I was a terrible writer and I couldn't get one out without it. <laughs> it took me about a day. So honestly, I'm like that classic recruiter that you give me a PowerPoint slide to do or a blog to write or just get me on, just say it and I'll say it. Like So all my, all my videos um turn into written posts so what we do is obviously i say it first and then we just write that as a, yeah. as a social post after so that that i try and maximize the time one little tip as well that we do um when you're trying to write the copy for a social post this is off it's not anything to do with video but i thought i'd just say it right so you've got your notes section on your iphone um bottom at the bottom here you got that little microphone so when you tap that and you speak to your phone. So I could basically tell a story now, and then within five minutes, well, within 30 seconds, press stop, and I've got the written social post that I just need to edit up. So I am so bad at typing. I'm so busy. I'm just awful. So I just say it now, and then I just edit it up. Takes me takes me no time at all. A little tip for you. Um, can you just realize how much you've just blown my mind with that one little time? <laughs> <laughs> saves you so much, mate. Because I, I, I didn't get a laptop till I was 21, so I... I remember at uni, like typing like this, and and now I'm better, but I'm st I still find myself blocked by the process. Whereas when I speak, it just comes out and um, and it works. So the reason I asked about the way that you filtered it down is is it kind of ties in with where we're both looking as a business now. And and I personally think 2020, 2021, recruitment marketing does no longer sit just in a in a in a recruitment marketing team or with your Hoxo partner, or whatever, right? Um, it it spreads 
through your business. So look at the compound effect of having five recruiters that are all active on social every day. Like if I remember Odro, I remember you, Dougie, Nick, um, and then you brought Cameron in. He was already doing it like this. You know, you, you've, you've already, you've, you're already doing that. Um, whereas for me, we had Hishem, right? So it was me and Hish. Um, miss you, Hishem. Bully buggered off and did something. But uh, the point was, we had two of us. And, and when you amplify it, it's incredible how fast it grows. So we're, what we're trying to do now is, is educate our customers that on the ground floor in your recruitment company, it's, it's every recruiter's responsibility to start building up what they do, right? Um, it's not just the marketing team anymore. I remember being in recruitment 2016, marketing saying, Sean, can you write a blog? And I was like, you really don't know me well enough. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have that then. So I was like, uh. but now I'm like, you know, it is literally so easy for everyone to spend, you know, 20 minutes a day to put something together that when you've got 5, 10, 15, 20 people in a business doing it, the views collectively as a company are just, you know, it, it's hard to understand how big that can be. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that people forget is that, no, sorry, they don't forget it. They just don't link the two together. Every recruiter out there will know that people buy from people because they're all told it. And yet all of your marketing is to promote a brand instead of the person that's doing the work. It makes yeah. no sense. People buy from people. So put the person in front of the person. Like, did people just kind of forget about that? I think so. Um, that's why we were so big on it. And again, we still are. You know, you'll see videos going out from Sam, from Gianni, from like anyone on our sales team, they do videos and they put it out. And when Sam makes that call to a potential client, He's speaking to them. They know who he is. They don't go, oh, yeah, you're the guy that works with Ryan. They say, no. I'm from Audro, and that makes the conversation flow so much better. Look, the guys in the the guys who are watching now on LinkedIn, in the comments, do me a favor. If you if you just write yes or no, right? Have you ever have you ever said this phrase to a teammate or to yourself, right? You've had a call, you phoned a client, it's gone not very well, right? Let's just say they've, they're not recruiting, they're in a meeting, they're always in a meeting, um, mm -hmm. but they don't want to talk to you for whatever reason, right? Or your teammate, and you've turned around to that person or yourself and gone, at least you're on the radar. At least they know who you are now. So next time when you call, you can reference back, I called you last week, I called you last month, and, and at, least, at least you've made that first step. Yes or no, anyone in the chat, if you've, if you, have you had that, that feeling? Have you said that to someone? Mm -hmm. I think we all have, right? When it comes to video, every single view on a LinkedIn post is that radar. In my opinion, like it's it's getting you onto the radar for the first time potentially with strangers, and it's so, putting you on the radar again with people you already know. There's a big thing here about brand awareness, which is a big marketing thing where you know the more you see a brand, the more likely you are to buy from them. But there was a thing, and I I was I, I never realised this had happened to me until it had happened. But I was looking for, I wanted to play with stocks and shares, right? It's not something I do, but I'd quite like to learn about it. So I thought, right, I need an app that's going to let me buy and sell shares. And I don't know anything about it. So I just typed into App Store, stocks and shares, and looked through the apps. Now, there was one app that I'd heard of. It was called Trading212. I'd heard about that because they advertised to me online. No idea why, no idea how I ended up getting tied into that. But it just went out of my mind that it was possible to download anything else. <laughs> I was going for that app, Trading212. I knew nothing about them. I didn't know why it was good, anything else. I just knew that, well, that's the first one I'm going to try because I recognize the name. 
Yeah. And it's the exact same thing with LinkedIn video or LinkedIn to anything at all. It's just, even though you'll never like, they, they've never liked a post, they've never commented on a post, never shared it, they know who you are because they scroll through and they see your face. Well, that's it. I mean, so many people are obsessed with engagement. And don't get me wrong, I think engagement is, you know, it's great. We all, we all want engagement. But the views are actually huge, right? If you say, even if it says 500 views, 500. I mean, that you might look at it and go, oh, I've only got 500. A bit disappointed in that one. That one flopped. How long would it take you to call 500 people and say what you just said? Yeah. You could be there all month, two months, three months. I mean, you, if you get 15, 20 good conversations a day in most recruitment markets, you're doing a good job. So it's incredible, actually, how much we underestimate the value of views. And that's something that I know I didn't do. I used to always go, how many views have I got? Great. And I used to add it up in my head. I go, right, well, if I've got 5,000 today and I've got 40,000 yesterday and I've got 20,000 tomorrow, but in a week, I started measuring them. And I, I'm getting up, I'm always around 400, 500,000 views a month across all the different things I'm doing. To me, the half a million people a month seeing what I'm doing, that's going to benefit me next year. Yeah. I don't, I don't look at my, my billings this year or, my, or even my sales this month. I think next year it's going to be so much easier to build the business because they're, 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 I'm nurturing my my future customers now. Um, what, uh, what, so what I want to talk about now is your latest product, right? So you guys reached out to me a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, in fact, and talked about, I think I got a preview of it before it even gone live. And I was like, game changer, mate. Game changer. <laughs> so Odro Producer is effectively bringing you guys to be in end-to-end now, in it? Because at the end of the day, Odro is a tool. It, it's all about engagement in the in the recruitment process. It's about, you know, getting those roles on, getting candidates to market, you know, the whole piece around it. But now producers are allowing people to start to build their brand as well as do the recruitment job. Yeah, so when we started, we were just an interview platform. I mean, when we actually started, we were a an online dispute resolution platform for the legal sector. That's a few chapters ago. But Audro, in its first inception, taken to the recruitment market, was just a live video interview platform. That's all it was. And the more we worked with recruiters, the more we realized there was easier, you know, there was quicker wins in there for using video. So we started with uh, video interviews. Then we added one-way video interviews because we realized, you know, you don't always need to be online. There's high volume cases out there or where there's times where time zones don't add up or contractors didn't have time when you were working, all that sort of stuff. We added that on and then we realized we need to engage candidates or clients a better way. We created Audio Capture because I used to record selfie videos and say, hi, Sean, I really want to sell you this thing. I'm going to call you tomorrow. Download it, upload it to Vimeo, change the text, do all that sort of stuff, copy it, get the thumbnail, paste the thumbnail, hyperlink the image, oh, and then wow. it's like an hour, an hour it would take me to send one video. So we created audio capture and I can now do them in 30 seconds. So that was okay. And to be quite honest, for 18 months there, that was the audio product. And it's what we did. Yeah. We did it very well. We still do. But the one thing that I noticed more and more people doing was using audio capture and then posting the videos on LinkedIn or using audio live interviews and recording an interview with a hiring manager for a video job ad. And I was like, well, we're all internally, but we're talking like, that's not what it's for. But it's great that they're using it for that, but it could be better. And the reason that we didn't sell it as that was because it just wasn't good enough in its current form to, to claim to be a video job ad platform, for example. Mm. Um, so then we, the idea for Audio Producer came about 
it was an easy way for recruiters to create video job ads. And then the more we went into that, we thought, wait a minute, this is just a content creation tool. Yeah. Like you can upload a video into it, it automatically adds subtitles, you can add a banner, and you know, animations, intros, outros. Like it just grew and grew because the more you built it, the more you went, oh, we could do that. Well, that would be really good. And it just grew. And now I've always, for the last 18 months, I've believed that that was the missing piece of being a full toolkit for a recruiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you told me, I was like, game, it's a game changer, right? It's, it's massive. And the, the the interesting thing about what well, we never used to use subtitles and banners, really. Um, we used to use Rev.com. So if anyone's ever used it, Rev.com, you send your video off. I think it's done manually in like the Far East. And then you get a, a subtitle, an SRT file sent through within a couple of hours that you upload and it works really well. Um, but now the AI tools on things like producer can just blow that. You don't need that anymore. You just upload your video and in a couple of minutes, it, it just does it automatically, which is incredible. Um, but I mean, a couple of the reasons people need to think about subs and banners on LinkedIn videos. So just, I mean, a couple of stats I've pulled out for, for the audience are, you know, firstly in 2020, 92% of marketers said video was the number one um, fact, like tactic within their marketing strategy, which in 2015, that was less than 75%. So that's quite a, a global studies. That's a huge shift in five years, right? Um, and when you're looking at video, over 80% of people on LinkedIn and, and even Facebook and Instagram have what they call muted autoplay. So when you go on your phone or even your desktop and you see a video, you have to click it to sit, to listen. So you don't, it doesn't automatically play the sound. If it mm -hmm. did, it would cause all sorts of problems. Everyone has had that WhatsApp message, haven't they? We're not going to go into it, but where you've played it out like, mate, 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 listen, 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 and then it goes off. And um, we've all been scarred for life by that shit. But, but the, truth is, the truth is, you know, pre-COVID, we were in our offices, we were on trains, we were on buses. If we didn't have headphones, it's, it's difficult to get the message across. You know, you're holding it up, you can't see it. Whereas now you might be in the house, you know, you've got your kids running around. I've got my dog running around normally. Um, although he is, I've, I've, I've realized that borrowmydoggy.com, totally off topic now, but borrowmydoggy.com is the best website ever if you're on a dog, right? Every day of the week, someone else, someone turns up, takes my dog out for the afternoon, goes to walk to the park, buys him toys, brings him back for free. And I get, I get to work all afternoon. So if you, it's got jack shit to do with what we're talking about. But if you've not used borrowmydoggy.com, I should be I should be on commission for them by now. Anyway, all of my kids because I've yeah, got borrow my, my recruiter. Uh, but what I was saying is, you know, if, if you're in the house and it is loud, you might not want to play that video. But what what you if you're going to put the effort into making a video, you really want people to see it to the end. You want them to understand the message. So by adding subtitles and a headline, um, it's it's crucial. So your tool does all that automatically, right? Yeah, so you can it adds the um, it adds the subtitles to it automatically. You can choose if you want them on or not. But when you hit you want them on, it transcribes the whole video, plays them at the right time, and gives you the subtitles. The banner, you just click add banner. You can pick the color, the size, you name it. Um, but the importance of a banner, the way I like to explain it, is like a like an email subject line. Yeah. So if you're scrolling through the feed, if you just saw our two faces talking right now. Like, you wouldn't know what we're talking about. So you wouldn't even, you, there's nothing to entice me to click it. Um, but if that banner's there and it says, you know, what you need to know about LinkedIn video, if I want to know about that, I know that I can click it. 
And that's the, so it's like the email subject line gets you to open the email. What yeah. is said in the email gets you to convert. And it's very similar to what we're doing now. Well, David Ogilvy, who's the founder of Ogilvy, which is one of the, probably the number one market, like advertising agency globally in the last 20 odd years. He, he's known as like the godfather of advertising, right? He says that 80, 80 cents of the dollar is spent on your, on your headline because that effectively five times as many people will read it than will click through, right? So if you get your headline right, you know, you're going to get the exposure. That's going to be seen by 80% of the, of the, and only 20% will actually then click through and watch. So effectively, if you get your headline right, there's way more chance of people viewing it and, and going through. Um, interesting. So a couple of tips as well. Some of the things that I've learned recently is on LinkedIn, keep your videos inside one minute. Um, one minute is actually an optimal optimal length of time. If you go beyond a minute, um, effectively, every uh, the longer it goes beyond a minute, the, the less chance people have got to watch until the end. So literally every second, every 30 seconds beyond that, it just goes down and down and down and down. So keep your keep your video short and sharp. Um, we haven't got time. You get about 10,000 links a day now to click on on your smartphone. Yeah. So you've got a five-minute video. I mean, one of my, my first ever Hoxo Life, I don't know if you ever remember the Hoxo Life series we used to put out. Yeah. We, we, we did an episode every month all the way from starting till lockdown. It fell out, fell out. So if you go on YouTube, you can see the early crap that I put out, but it was, it was great fun. Um, first ever episode was 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no one's watching that. And it was on YouTube, on LinkedIn. I think we did get about 500 views back then, but who, who wants to watch 15 minutes of me walking around East London talking crap? Like It's just, <laughs> but you know what? It, we, it was a what? first mover advantage, I suppose. Um, but all right. So when it comes to, when it comes to Odro, just give us a quick review again, just, what parts of the if we're thinking video next year we'll talk more about the the personal brand videos in a minute but when it comes to like the different stages of the recruitment process just give us a quick refresher on where video makes the difference and and why in terms of stats and results from you guys so the easiest way to explain this is like you know you can go full circle with video and it can just keep going and keep feeding the wheel and you can actually pick and choose what parts suit you best so let's say, for example, you start with a producer video, like a personal brand video, you post on LinkedIn, you tell a story, right? You then speak to a client, you send them a video. So let's say I've picked a client I want to recruit for, I'll send them an audio capture video. Hi, Sean, I've noticed you do this, this, this. My name's Ryan, I do this, this, this. I'm going to call you tomorrow to get a chat. You then win the job and you do a live video interview and you record it with the candidate. So what you say is, I've taken the client's top three killer questions. I'm going to ask the candidate online. I'm going to record it, and I'm going to send the recording back to the client so they can hopefully skip the first stage interview, get you right in the second stage. So the client's saving loads of time, wasting wasted time sitting down in front of people that they're never going to hire, and the candidate's not wasting any time not going to that first stage interview. Once you've done that, they can manage the process face-to-face -face, everything else. When the, client, when the candidate starts in his new job or in her new job, you send them a video and you say, can you answer these three questions? And it was like, Ryan was great. Ryan was really thorough. Ryan did all this for me. Excellent. I take that video. I add it to producer. I put the subtitles on it and I post it on LinkedIn for content. And then I send someone else a message and I say, I really want to work with you. I'm Ryan. Did you see this? You know, and it just keeps yeah. going round it's and the, round. It's a loop. Yeah. It's a loop. That, that's the best way. 
that's like the you know the ideal if you want to use video and recruitment that's all the places you can use it i'm interrupting this podcast to give you an update from our sponsor vincere vincere is the all-in-one crm ats platform built for the recruitment and staffing industry now i first heard about these guys about a year ago the amount of prospect recruitment agencies and clients i was working with that were telling me they were moving over to vincere i had to look into it and what I found was a business that had a global reach um, with multiple offices around the world. So they've got this follow the sun methodology, which allows them to support recruitment businesses wherever you are and, have, and, and be in your time zone. But the technology that they've invested in um, is becoming a, a disruptor in the space. More and more recruitment businesses are doing this to give their, their recruiters a competitive advantage. They broke into the G2 Crowd's momentum grid as a market leader based on their reviews from their customers. So the, the agencies that are using this platform are raving about it. Now, if you're a rag listener and you're thinking about changing CRM or you're a new business looking to launch with a new CRM, then I would get in touch with, the, with these guys because if you mention that you're a rag listener, they're doing an amazing deal. By visiting www.vincere.io forward slash rag, you can get an exclusive deal which offers two months completely free on a two-year commitment or three months completely free on a three-year commitment. This applies to all licenses that you've either signed up for now or that you'll add in the duration of the contract. So get on there and have a look. Finally, if you're listening to your recruiter and you're thinking, I want to move into a more of a business development role um, and I'd like to keep hold of my recruitment knowledge. Well, these guys are recruiting for a BD person, well, multiple roles in both Sydney and London right now. So if you've got a strong recruitment background, you want to move into BD and you want to work for a fast moving tech business that's helping people like you right now, then get in touch via their website because they're hiring today. Back to the show. It's amazing to think how much the market's turned in the last few years, right? And it was, you know, this was all conceptual ideas back in 2017 and people were, you know, t trialing it. And now it feels like COVID has, has accelerated the need for this tenfold. And um, it's, it's, it's an exciting time. So if, I, I, I said it on the, on the, on the promo for, the, for this, this chat was, I don't think it's an option next year. Like, I, I can't imagine a recruitment business that doesn't have some form of video in their business now. Like um, someone actually messaged me today um, about, so if you're watching, um, let me just have a quick look on here. What was his name? He messaged me asking about uh, whether he, whether it was specific industry, Max Brooks. Max, are you watching? He said, um, Sean, I've seen your latest post on the use of videos in recruitment. My agency focuses specifically on construction recruitment. A majority, majority, majority of business is blue-collar temp workers. Do you know any other agencies in the sector that utilize video as you suggest? I'm not sure how I could tie it in, but I'd like to think I could. So I'm going to move that to you, Ryan. Um, construction recruitment, you know, high-volume temp recruitment. Where have you seen that work? How, how, have you, how have you seen that work? So the big thing that um, people want to see is, in these scenarios is registrations. Like you get high volume. That's the difference to blue-collar and Blue collar and you know white collar is high. It's a higher volume, right? And when you look at higher volume, you think, oh man, that just takes a long time to go through. So the solo interview piece is what we built, which is where the candidate you text the candidate a link on the phone. They click the link and it pops up and it says you're going to ask you four questions. You know, um, just answer them on your video. You say okay, question one, question two. You just answer it on the video. You know, candidate answers on the video. Hit finish. And it then says, take a picture of your CV or take a picture of your CSCS card. And yeah. in construction, they go, click, send it, done. 
Now, the recruiter has cut out all the people who weren't really bothered about the job, wasting time chasing brickies and sparkies. They've got the people who really want to work. They've got a video there. And the best thing is you send that video straight onto the client and say, this is Jessica. She's starting with you on Monday. That client's experience of dealing with you is way better. You go, what? These guys are on the ball. They've sent me who I'm, who I'm getting. This is what he looks like. He can speak. <laughs> he can communicate clearly. He looks good. I'm in. Like, this is all, and you're going to find all this out later in the process, but by doing this at that stage, you're just adding so much more value, and you know what's going to happen. The next time the client says they need that job, they're going to say, that video was good, I'm going to go back to them. Of course. Of so, course. And one of the other things you guys have in your features, don't you, where when people watch the video, you get notified. So tell us a bit more about that. Um, so it depends if you send it, whether it's sending across one video interview, one recorded video, or like we've got this big video short list, the video portal, if you like. Um, we then actually give full analytics, not just on, how, you know, you get a notification when someone views it, but then you can click on the back, back end of the site and you can see that, okay, out of these five candidates, Jessica was the most viewed, but actually they switched off of Jessica's video four minutes in. So before you've even had the call, you can watch Jessica's video back, see what she said at four minutes. Oh, right, I better get in front of that <laughs> before they get on the call. And then when you get on the call with the client, Jessica's the best in my opinion. She said this, question two, but she picked it right up at the end, didn't she? The client's all of a sudden looking at you going, yes, you get me. You know what I'm looking for. It works, man. It works. It works. It's, it's just... It's context, isn't it? It's, it's having context, and that's if knowledge is power in our in our world. And if you've got more knowledge of what's going on, like the amount of times I used to say to candidates, you know, phone me straight after the interview because yeah. I can I can impact that process. If you if you if you give me the information there and then, you know, you'll be fresh. It'll be front of mind. You can download to me, and then I can go and do what I do best. And and when people didn't call me, it always impacted the process. So. Having a video recording of some of it and being able to watch it back or whatever. I mean, it's a, it's different to those days. It's it's just yeah. another level. It's an absolute another level. Um, it's crazy. So let's go back to um, the, we talked about my anxiety when I started making video, right? Whether it's video for content or whether you're doing audio captures, trying to BD, it's still video. It's still putting your face out there. If in, in on the chat on LinkedIn, let us know, like. Um, on a scale of one to ten, how much anxiety do you have creating video? <laughs> ten being the most, one being you—you know—you're all right. You're, you're absolute pro. Um, I—I was genuinely like, I was genuinely about an eight or a nine when I started. Now I'm obviously—I don't feel any anxiety anymore. But um, it definitely—it comes and goes, and, and it, it's definitely a feeling. Ryan, you had a tip for when you're doing selfie videos. How did you overcome your anxiety? Yeah. So when I was getting started, I was quite nervous about it and to be honest you do, like you do it and then you watch it back and you go oh i need to get to the gym oh man i need to drink more water <laughs> like, like whatever it is that you do when you watch it back it, you know you can be in, it can have a negative impact but what i learned was instead of using the front facing camera i turned it around and used the back camera so i couldn't see myself i mean i was recording it as you pointed out it's you got a better quality camera, right? But you don't focus on yourself. You genuinely focus on what you're saying. So first off, the content comes across as more authentic. And secondly, you're not put off by looking at your face and, you know, on the screen all the time. That's what I did to, um, as a kind of shortcut to just getting something out. Also, yeah. if you really do have anxiety about it, don't watch it back. 
you know what you said and you stop <laughs> yourself when you make a mistake, right? Yeah. So just do it and then just just, just stick it oh, out. Yeah. Oh. There's, there's going to be people out there now on LinkedIn, the big professional influencer type, you know, super duper editing people that are going to tell you that, you know, every video needs to be super creative. You need to cut your ums and your ahs out and jump cut everything. Oh. Um, personally, I think if you want to go to that level, great, invest in, in a videographer in your business and you can do it. But if you're wanting to start with video and you want all your people doing it, I would honestly suggest that you remove the barriers and you, 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 I say done is better than perfect, right? Done is better than perfect. So get video out there. How many people have you seen, Ryan? And to the guys listening as well, how many people have you seen go on LinkedIn and go, Hi guys, uh, this is my first LinkedIn video. I just wanted to say this, and then you never see them again, ever, yeah. ever. Right? That's because the consistency element is is lacking. Like you cannot put one video up and expect that you're going to be a pro at it first time. I've got I've done some of the shittest videos, and I still do sometimes fumble my words. I think I called you Ryan McCain on the video today, but <laughs> who cares? Like, who cares? Do you know I, what I mean? Um, for I think me, the authenticity, Sean, like. If you, if I came across as pristine all the time, people would think I'm just a bit rehearsed and they don't really know me. The whole point in video is so that you understand who the person is, not what yeah. they're trying to be. It just well, that's it, it. makes a big difference. 100%. So for me, my advice is like, don't, first thing I would do is I'd write out what you want to say. Okay. So I'd, I'd have some bullet points. Do not hold the bullet points up and look at them like this. Don't do it, right? People are the videos like that, and it's like, what you should do in this situation. What? Just talk. Do you know what? I'm going to give you a better tip. This is my this is my Hoxo Academy tip. So I'm giving you a little bit of free stuff here, right? Don't do the selfie video first. All right. Don't do the selfie video first. Go at it as a team, right? So what I would suggest is you do is you go on Zoom and or Odro, and then you get to a point where you talk to your colleague, pick a colleague, right? Write down a couple of questions for each other and then click, get warm and then click record for say a few minutes, all right? And then let it flow, all right? Just let it flow. And then when you let that video flow, you're gonna ask and you're gonna respond. Like I, I honestly still don't think that staring at a camera on your own is the most natural way to be authentic. I think talking to you now, Ryan, is genuinely like mid-flow. I feel it's me. That's who you get to know, right? So um, what's the dress code? Could is I mean, honestly, Leo, I don't think you need to panic too much. He's asking the chat. Um, I, I think <laughs> what, you'd wear, what you'd normally wear. I mean, I've gone for a Steve Jobs look today, but I was I was in my underpants before, so I couldn't come on like that. Um, but but what I would say is book a call on Zoom or on Odro with your with your colleagues and get warm, ask each other three questions and click record, okay? And then what you want to do is take those clips and turn them into one-minute micro clips. I call it the content engine, all right? So by if you watch most of my content comes from my podcast. So this session now we're doing, I will get my team. We will find the spots we like, good clips of you, good clips of me. We'll trim them, we'll add banners and subs, and we'll get them out. It's it's, it's a content engine because it's frictionless. I'm already using I'm already using the process that um, I'm already doing, right? So if you're already on an Audro interview with a client and you ask a great question, you say something, trim that down, stick it on producer. If you're on a candidate interview and the candidate says something great, trim it down, stick it on producer. But as a test, as a practical tip, I would get your teams in pairs 
and I would give them three questions. Um, I think about top, like what's the most, I mean, questions like what are the, what's the most common thing candidates ask you on the phone? What's the most common problem clients have when you're dealing with you? How long does it take typically to, to fill your client's requirements? You know, think what are the questions you're getting on the phone? Um, anytime you've ever said, if I had a pound for every time I was asked that question, that's the sort of stuff you want to put on video, value-driven content. Um, but by all means, use Audio, use Zoom, record a small amount and chop that up. And that way you can do one video a week for three, four minutes, five minutes, and then you can take that and you can chop it into three, four clips. Um, now, I don't think you can, the trimming element, like something like iMovie or on the Mac, you can trim a video really easily. Is uh, I don't think you can trim on producer yet, but that's coming through, right? Very shortly. Very yeah. shortly, we'll be able to trim and add things in. One of the big things that we can add in now is, I will be adding in with the next release, is uh, the ability to request client input. So say I record a video and I'm like, I'm Ryan from Audio Recruitment and I'm recruiting for Coca-Cola. Here's John from Coca-Cola to tell you a bit more. And it mm. cuts John, who's used Audio to record a, a skip to say, um, oh, Coca-Cola's great, we're hiring for this, this, and this, and this is why. And it cuts back to the recruiter. I'm like, so that was John, this is great, you know, apply below. That yeah. can all be done on producer by simply just all that sort of stuff. So it's Quick question from Peter Evans, who said the background image, background effect, does it make a lot of difference with, with the video content? Um, I'll let you answer first, then I'll give my, my thoughts on it. Um, so the background image, I am not a fan of virtual background series, whole things where people are like blurring out the background and the whether they use Zoom or another tool. I don't like it because it just looks as if you're hiding something. And whatever, it might just be hiding your washing, but you're still hiding something. And I don't really get the full vibe about you. So um, I, I think... You know, not being too messy in the background is maybe something to say, but in general, it doesn't really matter when you're trying to get across who you are. Like I'm, you know, I'm a boxing fan, right? So I've got boxing things up in the background, and it's just that's probably not the most professional, but it's me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, what is what is professional, right? I mean, if you're going to spend a few grand on a on a on a professional video that is like you know a corporate video done by a pr production team, then it's slightly different, but. We're talking about Peter, Debbie, Jeremy, the guys that are asking. We're talking about daily stuff here, snackable yeah. daily insights. We're not talking about like, you know, one video a month, one video a year. We're talking about like two, three a week, you know, getting it to, to being constant, constant, consistency wins. So, you know, if you've got a place you work now at home and that is a, it's like a set, everyone has a set background normally, use that. If you, But then again, contrary to it, I've walked down the street. Nearly got run over in a beef. I don't know if you've seen that one. I nearly got killed while I was making a video. And you know, I got I got mad engagement. I had loads of people go, Sean, love the video, but please don't die on camera for us. So it showed they watched all the way to the end. Um yeah. I think trial and error, like trial and error. My, what what you say and how you say it is more important than what you're wearing and where you are. Yeah. I I know that when I get off that phone and I'm full of passion about something, like I've just heard the same thing and I'm frustrated or you know, I'm, I'm upset or I'm worried or, and I, I feel something on video. I can get that across and people will feel something. And I could be wearing a hoodie. I could wear a, a turtleneck. What? It doesn't matter. But when you, when you're too corporate, too planned and it's flat and you're like, you're just reading off a script, you, you could literally be on the empire state building and it doesn't matter. Like it literally doesn't matter. So yeah. um, I would say trial it, but don't, don't overthink it. Um, is Microsoft Teams going to zoom for recording? calls to edit as videos um 
Claire asked. As far as I'm aware, yes. I think um, as long as you can record a file um, like a, to your computer, that I think they're both exactly the same. And then you can upload that file to Odro, to other tools, to edit and, and crop up. So I think all of the all of the video softwares that are out, like the main ones on the market now, as long as they've got the recording functionality, they, they give you what, what you need. Um, but I, I would enjoy you. Go on, what are you Sorry, Sean. Um, one of the things I was going to say, which just because I don't want to forget to say it, but people try and force a lot of content. Like if, they, if you don't, if it's not going to take you sixty seconds to say what you're going to say, there's nothing wrong with a fifteen-second video. Mm -hmm. People say the thing they've got to say really quickly, and then then they go, oh, uh, and then what I tried to just stop. Like if you if the thing you've got to say only takes 10, 15 seconds, great. Stop it after that and post that. Like you don't need to make it a feature length film to get it out. So, because yeah. that was one of the things, even I do that now, where I go to record a video and then I realize, oh, that sounded a lot longer in my head. It doesn't matter, just post it anyway. Yeah, yeah. If you want to trim a video as well, like let's say you, you start well and you end badly, like if you go on your iPhone and then you go on a video. So, if I, if you can see what the one I did today, where's my, hang on. Um, so if we take that video I did today, which went on LinkedIn, right? So if I just click edit, it gives me at the bottom the trimming function. So I can literally just like, I can just drag that yellow line. Oh, where's my camera? I can drag the yellow line to wherever I want it to end. And then I click stop and it, and it creates a new clip. So it's so easy, guys. Like there's, everyone's got the software on Zoom, on Teams, on Odro. Everyone's got them iPhones now. The, the, the barrier isn't the technology. It's the confidence to do it. And that's why I would say, before, if, if, if standing on camera to yourself scares you, I would implore you to get a team together in pairs, ask questions, chop that up. Like download the video that you've said, put, you can airdrop it to your phone if it's easier, trim it to the bit that you, the bit that you said that you like, the one minute bit and post that, you know, because you were mid flow and it, you know, it'll work. It'll work really, really well. A um, couple of things as well. Um, when it comes to tracking your performance on video, uh, I get I often get asked the question like, "What are the metrics you should be measuring?" Right. So, three things I would measure, guys. Are content views is obviously a big one, right? And I have a spreadsheet where I literally track, like at the end of every week, I go back through my my content and I pull in the views and as collective views. So every week, you know, fifty thousand or whatever, I pull it through. Then I'll look at engagement and I combine the views and the comments. So I just take, say there was five views and five comments, that would be 10. Um, I pull that through. And then the big one, Ryan, you mentioned it before we, we went live. The biggest indicator that it's working is your profile views. Okay. Your 90 day rolling of profile views. When your video engagement and your engagement starts to go up, guys, your profile views go up. And when your profile views go up, you know that people are actually visiting your page. They're seeing, they're reading about you, and then you know you're on to you're on the right track. So if you look at your 90 day rolling profile views, which everyone's got, track that as well. And I would track once a week. I usually do eight o'clock Sunday morning. I have a coffee. Um, I, I used to, I let my dog sleep, but now I'll just kick him out with some randomer in the sink. <laughs> Poor dog. I'm making it sound so bad. Um, but I have that little bit of time to myself and I track these stats and I do it every week. I do it religiously, guys. Um, and it allows me to know I'm moving the needle forward and I'm learning from what I'm doing. And, and I can look and go, if I take an hour's reflection and go, that post flopped, yeah. I'm like, why did it? Why didn't it work? And I, do you know what? 
I get people ask me all the time, what time do you post video? When should you post video? Um, I'm, I'm a, I, I'm, I do it in the morning. I, I'm, I'm always like, you know, between eight and 10, because I like to get my shit out of the way. And I like to think that, you know, it's got a date for people to see it, but just test it, just get out there and put it out there. Like if you overthink everything at the beginning, you'll never do it. Like you'll I, never do it. I don't see when people say to me about when, what's the best time to post. Some of the biggest posts I've ever posted were done like at 10 at night where you just really are told not to post. It's just completely um, indiscriminate when yeah. you get a really good post, a really bad one. In fact, the one uh, I posted once and I ended up on the state of LinkedIn. Really? <laughs> and that that was ridiculous. That was like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views and comments and it was like really big. And I posted that at 11 o'clock at night coming off of a train. Um, I got, But this is, in fact, this is actually quite a good... Um, way to, to your model so I posted this video it was basically just saying that I was grateful for the position I was in Like I had a good day, I was realising I was quite lucky and I was like oh, I've got to post and you know just can I say thanks to the team and I'm quite lucky um, it went a little bit viral, State of LinkedIn which is a Twitter page where they just blade people on LinkedIn <laughs> I made it onto this page basically saying how I was clearly a cretin and how <laughs> all lies and that I had you know my staff were in cages and all this sort of stuff and um, but what I then did to reuse that content was I created a video called Ryan Reads Mean Tweets and oh, all wow. the horrible stuff they said about me I read out to the camera oh, and wow. the tweets video got more traction than the initial post I love um, it it's regurgitating that content was just a really good um it was it was a good strategy but I'm actually going to look up that mean tweets video now because there was some horrible, horrible stuff in there. Mate, you got to find that. You got to find that. What um, what I wanted to final move on to finally was was LinkedIn Stories, right? So we talked about it before. Obviously, it's arrived last week. That that day last week, I mean, I was part of it of going hello, well, well, LinkedIn Stories has arrived. Like all it was was everyone you know on your LinkedIn going, <laughs> wow, LinkedIn Stories arrived. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got like 1500 views on my first video, which is like, I'm not getting that now, but um, I, I'll be honest. I stopped using Insta stories a year ago. I, had a, I went off Instagram about a year ago and I'm still not, I've not done a story in 2020, but I used to, like there's some people that have watched me before. I used to be very big on it. I might go back to it, but it just started to take over and I was like, I need, a, I need, I need to double down on LinkedIn because that's where my business is seeing the most results. I felt it was a bit more of a vanity game on Instagram. It was just for my mates and I was like, well, you know, if they really want to see me, they'll see me. And I don't need that many mates. I need, I need to build my business. But um, LinkedIn, I used to, I used to do a lot of walking and talking, a lot of sharing. Um, and what I loved about LinkedIn Instagram stories is they, they properly evolved the product fast. So the, the 15 second nature of a video when you posted it was it quite quickly ev eradicated and you could upload a two minute video and it'll slice it and dice it for you into like, however, eight videos or whatever. LinkedIn is like going back in time to those early days, right? So I think you can have 20 seconds. What's that? It's about boggy. Like yeah, it's it's proper. I mean, I, I think if you're sat there thinking, what is stories? I mean, tell us in the in the comments what what are your thoughts on it? Are you using it? Ask any questions. But um, I personally think it's here to stay, right? So we've got to get our head around it. We've all got to use it. We've got. To, I don't think it's Instagram, so I don't. I would not employ you to start putting pictures of your dinner at the Ivy on your Billers lunch and um, 
you know, I hate that Instagram. Like people just, all they do is take pictures of their food. Sorry, but that just pisses me off. I don't care what you're eating. Like, I'm worried about my own food. Like, <laughs> um, and well, there's no, nothing, hospitality is not even open anyways. So we can't show it. But, um, but I think you've got to think, what do my customers, customers actually want? Just because it's a, it's a, a different tool and a different medium doesn't mean they genuinely want to watch you, um, you know, eating your dinner at night. Debbie's just asked what our stories, which says a lot about it. But Debbie, go on your phone, update your app, um, update your LinkedIn app, and you will see that the stories um, feature is now. So if you look on my phone there at the top, you can see stories. If I click my my story, you can see me and my dog, which is a bit of Instagram, but I'm testing it right now. Um, it's, it's a feature that only came in last week and it effectively allows you to take a 20 second video on the fly and keep up. You can do it and, and they only stay live for 24 hours. So I was really surprised when some people who've never made video on LinkedIn, I can tell you they've never made video, straight away jumped on it. Um, reasons, I, I did a post about it last week. I said, why are people more comfortable to go on stories when you've never made a video on your LinkedIn profile? And, and I got some really good feedback. So the number one answer was, you know, it stays for 24 hours. So there's none of this, like people can't keep seeing it. And also it doesn't publish the analytics. So when you post on LinkedIn, it tells everyone if you had any likes or views, yeah. whereas it's, it's only, you only get the analytics yourself on the stories. Um, have you tried it, Ryan? What are your thoughts? Um, I've just had a little visitor in the room there. Sorry. I don't know if people could see that. Just in case you thought I was doing a news. Borrowmykitty.com comes to Glasgow. Go. I'm personally, I, I like stories. I'm still working out how it works myself. Uh, one big tip I learned on the stories was that I got, so I posted one video at 9.30 in the morning. Mm. Posted it at 9.30 in the morning. At 7 o'clock at night, it had 50 views. And I woke up in the morning and I had 1,150 views. Mm. I tried it again with another video and again the same thing happened. I had all my views during the night. But forget about whether it's algorithm or whatever. That shows me that more people are on LinkedIn at night than you think. Yeah, so yeah. posting a normal video at 7 o'clock at night won't go, you know, won't go well. It's ludicrous in my opinion. Um, I don't know what it's going to be used for, if I'm being really honest. Um I think, well, I, I think I think it's one of them, right? If you if you you've got to use it, you've got to communicate how you're going to use it, right? So if you're a recruiter in the market and you've got, let's just say, go back to my old world. I'm a contract recruiter in the business analyst project management world, right? Active contractors, I should be saying to them as part of my process. By the way, whenever I put a job, I put it on LinkedIn Stories instantly, right? And let them know that is going to be the first place I it takes me literally two seconds to put it on there I'm going to screen grab the the job spec or my own notes I'm going to talk about the job it's going to go up there the good thing about stories guys is it tells you it doesn't just say views it tells you who's viewed it. So yeah. you can see which candidates which clients who's viewing your post so you can go oh that person keeps viewing my shit they look like a passive candidate I'm going to go for them so it gives you analytics to use um so I I, I think the best way to use it is to communicate with your customers so that there's more chance of them looking for it. Don't don't expect people just to see stuff and you know organically find out. Let people know I use stories for this. That's every amazing. Yeah, every time I get a job, I, I tried it with. Um, I tried a, I tried to create a WhatsApp group back in the day, back in 2015, I think it was, for like my contractors. That every time I got a job, I'd join the WhatsApp group. 
it did all right, but there was no broadcast, so it was like people just replying and it started going off. Um, I also thought about Snapchat, but no one was interested in Snapchat. So this this has always been on. Well, I've always been thinking about this stuff for the last few years, and now it's it's finally coming through. Um, I think we've covered the note. I mean, look, this is this is the the, the ramblings of me, guys, <laughs> on a notepad. I'd wish to say because we can't. I tried to share a screen and I couldn't do it. I felt like, you know what, I'm just going to go old school and write my notes down. Um, oh, yeah, the final thing, Gurney, if you're like, if you're in the chat, my team, a um, couple of things to buy when you're embarking on your video journey, right? So microphone, I use this uh, Blue Yeti mic. Let me just unplug my power cable and then I can show you. Thank you so, yeah, that's one you've got. I use this one. So Gurney, um, if you can put that in the chat, but Blue Yeti on Amazon. I think it's about 80 pounds or so, well worth it. Sound quality goes up. Um, Mike, a light, I've got this um, ring light, as you can see here. Um, Ryan, I think you got something similar. They are traditionally for wives and girlfriends to take pictures of makeup and stuff, and now all, all the men are on them all day. <laughs> uh, the, the artificial nature of them does, does start to chip away, but when you're on video all day, it helps. Um, I would invest in one. The brand, Gurney, hopefully, is going to put the links in. Um, she said she was going to do it. Um, mm -hmm. The links are, that brand is newer, N-E-E-W-E-R. Um, and uh, that you don't have to get an eight. I think I've got an 18-inch one. You don't need that. You can get a smaller one. But invest in a light. Everyone looks a bit washed out. Your lights in your house are typically more of a yellow bulb. So get the ring light with a clearer light. You look fresher. You look, you look better. Um, and then finally, I don't actually use one, but you use it, Logitech. Um, yeah, the Logitech C920 is what I use. Yeah. Um, and we've always, like for the past, I mean, they've evolved them over time, but for the past five years, that's all we've used, Audro. And as I was saying to you, we must have bought a thousand of them uh, over the years for ourselves, for clients, all that sort of stuff. So uh, they are, you know, excellent. They've got a built-in mic, so which is always better than the inbuilt mics on a MacBook, for yeah. example. Yeah. So um, if you are, like, you know, if you're not wanting to go and buy a big fancy microphone or anything, at least the you know the webcam gives you a starter. Um, yeah, and it looks quite good. Looks good. It definitely looks good. So, definitely invest in the light. I think that's one of the main things I would invest in. Um, then I would think about the the, the microphone and camera. I mean, you, depending on how you do it, I, I actually don't. I think the Mac HD is quite good, so I keep with that personally. But Gurney's jumped in with all the links, guys. If you want to, they're the ones I'm using right now. If you want to click through, um, has anyone got any any questions for myself or Ryan before we wrap up today? Any any thoughts? Anything that um, we've not covered for you, um, Ryan? In terms of your daily video usage now, how much are you doing these days compared to back in the day? Um, I'm not doing. I'm not personally doing as much, but that's just because. Like, well, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. We have a full-time videographer. I post one to three videos a week, but I probably record one or two of them. And if it's the other one or two, it's because it's come from someone else. Yeah. But I'm recording one or two selfie videos a week um, and sticking them out. But what, you, you're everywhere. You're still... Yeah, there. I think for me, I, I do maybe one where I'm talking to the camera, but majority of mine come from my content. So I have my academy sessions, I have my podcast um where I record it all and then we just chop it up. So I, I listen back, I find the little the one minute clips and then I turn them into social. So I actually do about an hour's work on it a week and it turns into the whole week's content. So that's the the model I would implore you guys to do is, is 
squeeze every inch out of every video you're doing. If you do half an hour with someone in your team, squeeze the hell out of it. Um, attracting passive candidates. How many videos should we send to a person? Debbie asks Ryan. What do you think? Uh, if you're going out after candidates headhunting using Capture, what would you do? Um, so I would. So what we do is we always use Capture as a, a call warmer. Right, so the perfect scenario for a capture is you find someone online, you send them a capture. I would send you a capture, Sean. And I would the first, you know, thing I would say is, Sean, I've seen what you guys are up to. I know you do this, this, and this. Uh, my name's Ryan. I work at X Recruitment, and I'm going to give you a call tomorrow at two o'clock. Uh, if that doesn't suit you, just let me know. But otherwise, I'll speak to you too. And mm. what I've done there is I've kept the ball in my court. So I, the next action is on me, not on them. The next action's on me, so I would then try and phone them. If I didn't get through to them, I would send them a, either another video or just a written message and just say, did you see the video that I recorded for you above? And if they didn't actually get the, you know, get the memo that it's a video or whatever it is, like, you know, you, you need to try and give them a few chances. Um, but that would be my, my take. On yeah, I mean, bear in mind, you know if they've watched it. There's a notification, yeah. it comes through. So if they've not watched it, don't send them another one. Try and get yeah. them to watch the first one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Peter asked, he said we've missed his previous two. Peter, I think I picked on the first question you asked around, uh, oh no, maybe not. Should we be mindful of content fatigue for our audience? Um, what do you think of that? I think LinkedIn takes care of that for you, man. Like, yeah. if you post 10 videos a day, LinkedIn is not going to show 10 videos a day to your audience. It's just going to pick and choose them. So um, you will not I, you will not give your co your audience content fatigue. You won't, LinkedIn won't let that happen because they will. Also, I just don't think it exists. Like, if you, if you It's like saying stop phoning people because you're going to give them fatigue when you answer, answer the phone. Like, we, we are all fighting for attention. We are. We're fighting for attention. Now, you might get a bit frustrated when you see the same faces on LinkedIn, but that's because you don't want their service. If you yeah. wanted their service, you wouldn't be getting frustrated. So you're seeing it from the lens of the wrong per You're looking at people, you don't care about their product, and you're getting frustrated. My vision is create a target audience, talk to that audience, and talk specifically to that audience about the problems that audience face, about the challenges, about their world. So you know, you might alienate some people that aren't relevant, but that's not a problem because- anyway. <laughs> But when, when you're doing your strategic video, which is your ongoing video, you want to be focusing on a similar type of person all the time. So like for me, it's recruitment leaders, recruitment owners, always a similar, the same, right? I don't just start talking to estate agents and then, you know, other branded companies or whatever. I keep it very tight. And that allows me to build constant engagement. If I was a recruiter trying to fill one job today that was, you know, .NET developer, tomorrow project manager... I'd use the capture tools and, and the other tools for that, but my branded content would be more about a similar type of person all the time. Um, and so, you know, how can they, how can you fatigue with them? One, LinkedIn will stop you. Two, you know, if, they, if it's like saying don't pick up the phone because you might you might piss them off. Then you I mean you wouldn't get anywhere, would you? Um, as well, people have to click your content to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, so they're not yeah. going to get annoyed with themselves with constantly clicking your content. If they're clicking it, they want to see it. So, Same guy. Peter asked a set, good question. Sorry, I did miss this. Stories sound like Facebook tool. Do you need to have a premium LinkedIn account to be able to see who's viewed it? Um, I don't think so. But then again, I am on a, on a better account. So do me a favor and have a look. Like If, if you go... Go and make sure you've got stories for, for it. So update your app. If you haven't got the old app on your phone, you will not see it. Um, and then Go on a story of any, uh, put a story up, I don't know, whatever you want. And at the bottom left, you will see 
it will tell you the number of views. And when you click on the number of views, it'll tell you who the people are specifically, which is really, really important, okay? Um, but Just Peter, yeah. thanks, thanks for your engagement. When you've said uh, that, about like it looks like a Facebook tool just so that we know because stories are now here this is not Facebook is dead that comment that everyone used to say to me and you for years this isn't Facebook get that off here this is a professional network those people are going to be left in 98 like the rest oh, of them mate, I was called homo media for a year <laughs> <laughs> I was in every chat I was in every whatsapp group I've ever been in be like screen grabs of me on camera like what is this guy doing Sean, yeah, it's going grey on every video. I got all sorts of shit. Um, yeah. This isn't Facebook. Stick, keep it to another platform. But you know what? We've got a completely inbound business now off the back of it. So I, I, I know it works. Um, Ryan, uh, sorry, Aaron from our team said, uh, when is the new release of Audio coming out? I think adding it in clients to the video is a great idea. I can see how much that would make it stand out. Soon. <laughs> I'll put him on, it, on the spot there. I've put a date out there. It's been thrown back in my face by my dev team. It doesn't work out. So I'm going to say soon. Um, there's a couple of, like, we, we pushed out producer because we wanted to get something out for, um, for getting content out there. With lockdown was going on, everyone was, you know, looking for something new to do. We had to get people something, um, and we did that. But there's some very um, immediate you know, changes that we know it needs, some improvements that we know it needs, like, you know, adding that client, uh, requesting client input. So those are going to be on the very, the very next release of it, which is coming soon. Love it. And there was also a question earlier on, does Audro can integrate with HubSpot? I don't think it does yet, does it? Uh, it doesn't, but what we do is create every link, every video, every bit of content we create from it is accessed by a unique URL. So what a lot of people do when it's not, integrated is just copy and paste the url into it and it does the same job without having to charge people for magic um before we go i just want to mention um so audio producer is a new feature obviously if people want to reach out they want to find out how to use it who do they is it you or who do you want them to reach out to directly on on here? if it's easier to speak to me I'll, I'll put them on in touch with someone that's best to help them but um but you know, more than happy, send me a message on LinkedIn. Add me on LinkedIn if you haven't already got me. And my email is ryan at audro.co.uk. Brilliant. And my Hoxo Academy program, if you don't know, is, is basically working with me for 12 weeks to learn like in depth how to take your brand from, you know, starter through to someone who's building authority on LinkedIn. So we do 12 sessions on Zoom, one a week as a group of 15 recruitment owners, recruitment leaders, and we cover everything from target audience, LinkedIn profile optimization, how to create video, how to do written social. We work on ideas generation. One of my guys in the group got a million views on a LinkedIn post last, last month. Nice. I've never even done that. Um, but the theory and the interaction as a team, we've now got over 150 uh, recruitment owners that are in the group. Um, they're all in a private Facebook group, and it's just it's a great community. If you're interested in joining that, we've got a, we've got a new group. We've got one starting on Thursday, but we'll have a new group starting in November. Um, so if you're interested in that, and also, I'm not going to say too much, but we're launching the agency pass model soon. So that's going to be where we train your whole recruitment team. So this is going to change it. So we want to take it from, we're, we're going to train you, the owners and leaders. It's going to be a slightly different course, but the biggest problem is taking that and rolling out across your team. So we're going to take that off your hands. We're going to be uh, rolling out the agency pass very soon. So if you're interested in that, please, please, please do get involved. Drop me a direct message on LinkedIn and I'll put you in, in touch with, uh, I'll put you in touch with the, 
the right person. I'm, I'm struggling to say my words because Peter's just said I look like Richard Gere. <laughs> you don't dye it. You, your hair goes grey. People think you dye it and you, you, know, you get constant lookalikes. Beats Philip Schofield for a while, anyway. Um, <laughs> but, um, guys, thank you so much for, for paying, giving us your attention today. Um, Ryan, always a pleasure to spend time with you, mate. Um, and, uh, yeah, DM us both if you've got any information. Um, I will be live again in the next two weeks with another update, another another in, uh, impactful session all through it. So the, the RAG, just so you know, the RAG is evolving. It's going to be more about marketing, content, technology, it's going to be about digital operations. It's going to be about mental health and well-being. It's going to be about building the modern, scalable, digital recruitment business. Okay, it's not. I, I do. I don't want to tell any more stories of how people built a '90s recruitment company. As much as that, there are some of the people I've interviewed are amazing. Now it's about looking into the future because none of those people have got the blueprint for what we're about to go into. So I want to. I'm going to be interviewing people that are, you know the absolute innovators right now, the people that are using tech, using automation, using brand, they're opposite, you know, the remote working's on point. They're doing things for their teams that keeps the mental health um, secure. I want to, I want to bring the the narrative towards the future as, a, as opposed to the past. So if you, if you're listening on the podcast or live or on video, then uh, tune in because it's going to get really, really exciting as we progress to the end of 2020. Ryan, thanks again, mate. And uh, everyone take care. Have a really good evening. We'll see you all very soon. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, we've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online. And we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now. We're managing the marketing for. So that involves strategy, content creation, distribution, systems, process, and leads generated. Having been recruiters and marketeers, we can not only build your brand, but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing. There's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That's small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors. We understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020 and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only going to grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support, you build your marketing as a, as a supplier that acts as part of your team or you want to be trained by us on how to do it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much and we will see you again soon.